Chapter 12 Authenticity, Vulnerability and Marketing Authenticity is so hot right now. Being vulnerable too helps us connect, share our know-how. But when it is done just for marketing's sake, then it feels fake. Do we always have to be on the take? It's time to awake. The savvy modern consumer demands quality and authenticity. From Adweek. Authenticity has become a big buzzword for copywriting, for sales pages, posts, ads, lead magnets, and for social media in general. This has now spilled into vulnerability being recommended as a top marketing and sales technique too. To quote social media business coach Alex Tooby at Insta with Alex, who posted this recently, Vulnerability and authenticity are two really powerful concepts that can lead to major success on Instagram. I'm talking far more engagement, more clicks on your links, and yes, more money. It makes me feel slightly crazy. Why? I can feel people now trying to be authentic and being extra and overtly vulnerable because they've been told and it has been proved that it will help them build their social media platforms, their engagement and their sales. This is why. Sometimes I see a post and I think how a friend wouldn't necessarily share that much information with me over a coffee, let alone someone I don't know personally on the interweb. We've all seen those posts where we wince a little and think, okay, okay, too much information. There are times when this is good, when the big vulnerable sharing is helpful, when it's genuinely vulnerable and that vulnerability is really helping others through the act of sharing, through its bravery and its truth. If you've ever read Brenny Brown's Daring Greatly, there are so many quotes I could draw on from her about the power and beauty of vulnerability. She writes, Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy and creativity. It is the source of hope, empathy, accountability and authenticity. If we want greater clarity in our purpose or deeper and more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. And that's taken from Daring Greatly, how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love parent and lead. When it's done from that place, it can transform lives. But when it's not, when it's only being done as a marketing technique, then we have to ask if it is authentic. We would do well to lean into our own discernment when it comes to what we see on social media, because people are using and abusing this. As content creators, I recommend keeping a check that we don't tip from genuinely sharing ourselves and being authentic or vulnerable with our audience because it demonstrates something of importance about our experience and our connection to cosmic consciousness, to doing it only because we've been told to do it as a way to get results. Tamara at Wolf Sister kindly shares more of her thoughts on authenticity and vulnerability on social media here. She writes, A lot of people coach, teach, practice as healers, intuitives, because what they've been through in their own lives, and they're implementing their own methods or tools regularly, but we're all still figuring it out, which to me is authentic. I believe it is good to be transparent and people need to see that it's a journey. 
I don't share vulnerable posts to get people to want to work with me. But like I said, for me, it's about transparency and connection. In today's now age of social media, because we have data that proves authentic communication gets more engagement and helps build relationships, this has become a bit blurry. So let's explore this one together. It really is new territory. As with all social media, we are now dipping in and out of each other's lives via devices in our hands, and we are being given ways to reach and share in ways we have never had before. And it's so new in the world of marketing and advertising that we're bound to find this one a bit tricky as we're all learning how to navigate this with our integrity intact, without falling for the gimmicks, but still being smart and using the tech and tools for our businesses to sell services and products to attract clients et al. Gail Loveshop shares, I think that it's a really beautiful place to be exploring vulnerability, authenticity, intention, tenderness, and compassion in action. And then also being in the unknowing, you know, being in the unknowing of what this is, and then being the witness, being the witness to everything as well, whilst maintaining the playfulness, fluidity, flow state, and being in the vortex at the same time, really. So I'm delighted that there's a chapter on this. I think it's going to be really beautiful. I think it's going to be really rich for people. I think we're just at the beginning of this, aren't we? In terms of what any of it means, on or offline. Such an interesting topic, and I very, very much look forward to speaking to you more about it. You can listen to Gail in another of my podcasts, riffing on using social media as a marketing and sales tool for her business authentically, rather than being authentic as a sales and marketing technique for her business. You get the difference? I think one of the most important points of difference when leaning into this is our intention. As per the previous chapter, our intention is powerful. Authentic. Of undisputed origin and not a copy genuine. From Google Dictionary. Authentic means genuine, real and true. Genuine authenticity and vulnerability is needed in our world of masks and mirrors. It is time that we see beyond the perfect highlight reel, that we're able to be ourselves and show up and share our different facets, the shadows, as well as the shiny. It's when we try too hard to be authentic that it feels yucky. In the same way we can feel the energy and intention behind people's posts, we can also feel when someone is being authentic and being themselves, or if they're just doing it as part of a cleverly crafted marketing campaign. This is part of the shift into social media for a new age, into the age of authenticity, into the age of Aquarius. Authenticity in the algorithm. Facebook, right? One of our newsfeed values is authentic communication. We've heard from our community that authentic stories are the ones that resonate most, those that people consider genuine and not misleading, sensational or spammy. For example, if page posts are often being hidden by people, that's a signal that it might not be authentic. We will now take into account how its signals change in real time. So now, if there's a lot of engagement from many people on Facebook about a topic, 
or if a post is getting a lot of engagement, we can understand in real time that the topical post might be temporarily more important to you. So we should show that content higher in your feed. The faster people respond, and the more people respond at the same time, the further the content will reach, no matter what the content is, because the algorithm understands this as being important to you and to other people. This is how things go viral. It is also how content can go nowhere just as fast. Really, it comes down to whether or not the content makes people feel something. The more of us that feel it and express that feeling through our engagement, the more people will see it. Ask yourself, does your content or do you make people feel or think in a way that they might want to express that through their engagement with you online, but not in a clickbait kind of way? Headlines that bait and trigger you to click by exaggerating or distorting information is something Facebook are actively trying to stop. Fake news is another big issue here, and it is something we should also be looking out for too. According to BBC Newsround, there are two types of fake news. They write, false stories that are deliberately published or sent around in order to make people believe something untrue or to get lots of people to visit a website. These are deliberate lies that are put online even though the person writing them knows that they're made up and stories may have some truth to them but they're not completely accurate. This is because the people writing them, for example journalists or bloggers, don't check all of the facts before publishing the story or they might exaggerate some of it. But how does or can an algorithm really know what is true and what is false? The manipulation of images, videos, people who straight up lie and post disinformation, fake reviews, comments, fake figures. I watched a Vice.com video. I made my shed the top rated restaurant on TripAdvisor, where a guy who'd previously been paid to write fake reviews for restaurants decided to do an experiment. He writes... Writing fake reviews on TripAdvisor, restaurant owners would pay me £10 and I'd write a positive review of their place, despite never eating there. Over time, I became obsessed with monitoring the ratings of these businesses. Their fortunes would genuinely turn and I was the catalyst. He then decided to create a fake restaurant and see if he could get it to number one on the platform. He continues... And then one day, sitting in the shed I live in, I had a revelation. Within the current climate of misinformation and society's willingness to believe absolute bull, maybe a fake restaurant is possible. Maybe it's exactly the kind of place that could be a hit. And he did it. It's a fascinating case study as to how things can be manipulated online. How do any of us know what is really the truth? The fakery, the bull of all kinds is rife in the online world. From my days in the music industry, I remember how much it is at play in the PR and in the media. Basically, in the world. Some humans lie. Some people are very good at it. Did you ever watch that show on MTV called Catfish? Catfish. Someone who pretends to be someone else, especially on the internet. Found on anywhere from Instagram to Twitter to chat sites. And these people use fake pictures to disguise who they are. Urban Dictionary. It turns out a lot of people create fake profiles and date people for months, nay years, all under a false identity. Crazy, but it happens a lot. It is very real 
even though it is very fake. In this modern age of social media, people can seem authentic when in actual fact they are not. Discernment is paramount. Pick who you follow or friend wisely. Learn how to pick up on the energy of the posts in your feed. If something feels off, trust that feeling. If something feels like they're just leading you to a click, a like or a sale, trust that feeling. If something makes you feel bad more than it makes you feel good, trust that feeling. Manifest, don't manipulate. I do feel a bigger conversation needs to be had about how digital marketing and sales strategies are used, particularly in the mind, body, spirit and wellness industry, which includes soulful and conscious entrepreneurs and businesses who are focused on people's well-being, on relationships, on spirituality, as well as on profit. For me, countdown clocks are a personal bugbear. Yes, They work as a technique to help people make a decision, but we need to dig under some of the psychology as to why they work. My opinion is that they work because they create a sense of urgency. How does urgency feel in the body? For a lot of people, urgency feels like stress. You have three days, one day, 12 hours, one hour, one minute people, you have one minute, and then this offer will magically disappear into a puff of smoke, never to be seen again until the next time I decide to offer it, possibly next week or maybe even tomorrow. Actually, I'll reopen the cart for an extra 24 hours to drive some more sales before I really close the cart. But make sure you don't miss out because I may never, ever, ever offer this again. And if I do, it'll be double the price and then you'll be sorry or broke or depressed, or alone for eternity, or dead, or something. When I started to tune into what my body was saying, rather than what my mind or emotions were doing, that's when I really started to wake up to what some of these forms of marketing were doing to me and to us. People disagree with me on this one, because some of us, and this has been proven, need this bit of urgency to make a decision, to push people over the finish line to purchase. But I still feel there's another way outside of a second-by-second tick-tock clock. Yes, remind people, let them know what you're offering and have deadlines where they're needed, but don't stress people into it. I was recently on the sales page of an author I know and respect when I noticed there were six countdown clocks on the one sales page alone. Each time I encountered the clock, I noticed it sent my nervous system into a spin with its sense of urgency fluttering in my stomach. The marketing and sales landscape is a minefield of manipulation. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, Psychological Tricks and Beyond have been used on us for years, basically since the 1950s when advertising started to boom, in order to get us to buy stuff. So why would we expect anything else in this, our modern digital age? It's what people have been taught to do and told to do in order to be a version of successful. And I'm not sure we even question it. It's another place where our patriarchal programming lays dormant. And it does work. So businesses will continue to use it until we actively start using our personal power and not buying from companies who manipulate us in this way. I'm not sure that all of the businesses that are using it are even consciously aware of the energy it carries. I guess the questions we can ask our inner unicorn when deciding on how to market our business, our services, our products is this. 
Is this in alignment with my ethics and way of being in the world? What is my intention in using this marketing method? I have even heard of spiritual entrepreneurs, thankfully none that I know or work with, manipulating clients using their intuitive, empathic and magical skills to create sales. Sometimes it may be unconscious, but using energetic hooks to prey on vulnerability for business purposes does happen, so it is good for us to be aware of that. I actually got this unsolicited direct message on Instagram recently. Hi, would you like a reading? I went through your profile and I've picked up on your energy. I feel you've been feeling confused and are at a crossroads. I don't usually DM people, only ones I know I can read for. Let me know if you're interested. For most of us, I hope the thought of doing that would be a resounding no. Catherine Pearson, an HSP, highly sensitive person, who teaches teen yoga EFT and who is helping parents understand high sensitivity, messaged me with her words of wisdom around authenticity, vulnerability and marketing. She writes, When we talk about sales and marketing techniques, do we need to rephrase what that means to us? Is there stigma around sales and marketing techniques? Are all sales and marketing techniques bad? She continues. We know that being authentic is what builds community and connections. Showing up and being ourselves is what we're being asked to do. I purposely don't be authentic to sell. I am authentic and that seems to sell. If we tell people that they can't use authenticity as a way to make money, then how do we make money? I think we're being called to share more, face our fears and put ourselves on the line. I certainly have felt as though I have put myself through a lot to be this authentic and help people. I hear a lot, bravery is rewarded from my guides. The main point being, I don't be authentic to sell in a sneaky way. I mean, can you even do that? I'm authentic and I'm rewarded for that. Not all sales and marketing techniques are bad but some of them are not great. I personally think we're doing a disservice, creating karma even, by being sneaky with our marketing. How do we flip reverse the lack mentality methods to an abundance mentality to create a myriad of thriving for all? Energetically and spiritually, it makes more sense for our new age, does it not? I have worked with a number of people over the past few years where we're selling digital products or digital events and making good money, tens to hundreds of thousands, without a countdown clock or a pain point in sight. They do have big audiences and they provide good, regular, free content and cultivate their communities. As I understand it, with a lot of these digital marketing methods, you are to some degree playing the numbers game which is why the big numbers on the lists matter. The higher the numbers, the higher the clicks or emails you have in a list, then the better chance you have of converting enough percent, even if it's a small percent, of those clicks into sales to make money. When the focus is on the numbers, on the formula, on the clicks, and not on the people, I feel we lose some of the humanity and authenticity behind a product or service. Having spent a lot of time and money on digital marketing training, as well as my own 10 years plus experience in the space, focusing on numbers didn't resonate for me, nor did it come easily to me or fill me with joy. Quite the opposite. 
that does not mean that it does not work for those who it comes naturally to and for those that love it. And I'm sure there is a way to do it well and do it ethically. I know you exist. Please tell me about it. Share it with all of us. Hashtag social media for a new age. But I also know lots of you on the other side of this, where this feels untrue, where it creates a sense of lack or of burnout and of not being good enough. People that have spent thousands on training, that have put it all into action and still come out the other side without the results they were often promised. I like to think of myself as a social media angel superhero for a new age, a not-so-secret social media vigilante. The reason I am calling some of these marketing practices out is because of how they make us feel. How do they feel to you? And how is your relationship with a person or a brand changed because of them? I was noticing that it no longer felt good for me or for a lot of people that I'm speaking to. And quite frankly, the feedback is that many of us find it boring and have now switched off just like the advert breaks. I think a good example of this to share is Marie Forello's B-School. When B-School went really big in 2014-15, the affiliate scheme was something we'd never seen before. The marketing, the launch, they were as slick as they were successful. Everyone who was anyone or who wanted to be someone were talking about or were an affiliate to B-School. After a couple of years of that, the affiliates alone were enough to drive me bonkers. It felt like every post in my timeline and every email in my inbox was somebody offering their B-School bonus at the time of the launch due to my social media bubble. And that is when things switched. It went into overkill. I spoke openly about it at the time and I got a lot of messages from people sharing how it made them feel, how they'd unfollowed and unsubscribed from a lot of lists because of B-School promo. The other thing about something like B-School is that in teaching so many people in a similar field how to get started, how to set up their online space, it's created a cookie-cutter generation of B-Schoolers where everyone's stuff looks and feels the same. They use the same techniques and tools, which has made things a little bland in social media land, in all of its shininess. Of course, this isn't just limited to B-School. People are getting bored of free summits, webinars, sign up for free video series and lead magnets of all kinds. In a way, the sheer volume of people doing their marketing in this way has devalued a lot of it. Of course, it depends on where your audience is at, how exposed they've been and are to a lot of the same kinds of marketing and if you're pushing your edges and evolving with them. A recent increase in adverts and sponsored posts in my Instagram feeds and stories timeline prompted me to ask my community how these were making them feel. This is what they shared. Overwhelm on speed. Very annoying. The energy feels sharp. Feels intrusive and like I'm not on my own phone. Feel myself losing interest in my feed already. So, so annoying. Messing with my mojo, I feel like they broke Instagram. Less feed, more noise. Invasion of my personal virtual space. 
sponsored posts from a very wide range of businesses, people I know, people I don't, products, coaches, weight loss, accounting, banks, fashion. Every four to five post is now a sponsored, clickable, call to action post. And what I've noticed is that the energy is often very different in the post people have chosen to spend their money on and promote. Again, I'm not saying that boosting or advertising on social media is wrong. I'm simply asking the question, how does it make us feel? How is it making our customers and clients and friends and contemporaries and connections feel? I do not want to add to anyone's sense of feeling annoyed, hijacked and overwhelmed. It's not how I want any of my content to make anyone feel organic or sponsored. So what can we learn from this? How can we evolve from here? Of course, it must be working. Businesses wouldn't be investing money into developing or delivering something that isn't proven to work. Although, from what I hear, results can never be guaranteed, even from the slickest and most expensive of agencies. There is a reason we like to watch Netflix and pay for streaming with no ads. There is a reason we like Spotify Premium and not the ad version. There's a reason we don't like pop-ups or even want to look at banner ads. Half the time it's because they're a bit shit. I watch TV sometimes and I can't even believe what I'm seeing is for real when it comes to the ad break. Other times it's because we're no longer interested in hearing about things we don't want. Sound off. Pause forward wind. Video content and infomercials is the current trend on social media, but is it right for everyone? Now, I want to add a disclaimer here because remember my precog activity from 1996? I do tend to see and feel things before they happen when it comes to online stuff, and the feeling in my bones is that things are shifting, and businesses big and small would benefit from looking at what the evolution of this is. For me, evolution includes more transparency, less formulas and less interruptive. As consumers get savvier and have more and more options available to them, authenticity and transparency will become more and more important. Also taken from Adweek. I'm asking these questions for us all to make this inquiry because I believe it's important, particularly in my field of mind, body and spirit, where you're talking to a community, a consumer, who more often than not is aware of what they're feeling or sensing. Definition of free. A lot of the messaging for marketing funnels, magnets and leads use the term free, which is another word that has become overused in the online space. It can carry a funny energetic charge in these times because how free is it? Something to consider. It's no longer a surprise for many of us when a sales pitch happens at the end of the free video series or webinar or summit because it's been done so often. A lot of us know that free means opportunity to sell. There is a reason people don't engage with promotional posts. Giving something away for free before offering a product can make us feel like we've been lied to on some level, especially if there's not been transparency from the outset. Even if we're not fully conscious of it, over time, it affects our ability to trust. Is it free? And I ask this because I'm tired of free and then here comes the, but the price is. I'm not expecting anything for nothing, just tired of the bull that follows. Just saying. 
that was by the Antique Distillery on Instagram. This comment was in response to a sponsored post by influencer at Jenna Kutcher on a free download on how to build an email list. Trust is so valuable long term. So to anyone using any kind of product launch formulas, I ask you to sit in meditation or just in thought and tune into the vibration of the marketing methods themselves and ask the methods some inner unicorn questions of their own. Are you love or are you fear? Are you abundant or are you lack? Are you soul or are you ego? Are you true or are you false? Are you trick or are you treat? The content and integrity of a person or a product itself could be wonderful and wants to be out in the world, but in this ever-evolving new paradigm, using the older marketing methods, which are now being overused, particularly in the online learning sphere, means that wonderful things are not being seen or experienced. A lot of people I speak to are sick of the sales and marketing emails in their inbox, the countdowns, the special offers, the cleverly crafted crafty copy. People are overwhelmed with the volume of them. They're switching off, unsubscribing, deleting them the moment they see them. These methods don't feel authentic anymore and we feel that on an energetic level and so we no longer trust that. I hear things like, it's a proven sales technique, one recommended by my business manager when I approach people about it. Often the energy of it is not something they've even really thought about until I point it out. One recent such case was where I encountered a 10 minute countdown clock to sign up for a special offer for a digital product about authentic copywriting which made me totally question everything and if anything about it had in fact been authentic. And I get it. We're busy and we hire people who get results. And this stuff does get results. But does it get results in a way that's in alignment with our soul? And how long can a model like this sustain itself in the Aquarian age? Infinite, abundance, available. Digital products are infinite. So when we use lots of limiting tools to sell them, it is not in alignment with its very state of being. Social media for a new age and business and marketing for a new age is about finding ways to market and sell consciously, successfully, abundantly, without the need or use of these old paradigm methods. I love this from Madeline Giles, creator of Angelic Breathwork and fellow lover of all things Avalon. She shared on her Instagram stories recently about selling places for her heartfelt dreams retreat in Mount Shasta. She writes, Last month, when there were three sign-ups, I prayed about it and Spirit said to connect fully to my heart, rewrite the retreat copy from my heart and let go. Let God. I listened And now one month later, it's full. I'm so grateful to serve by practicing and experiencing what I share. It is the greatest honor of this life. Listen to your heart. It knows. I think that some of the problems arise when we feel we're reliant on just using online marketing and sales to make a living, particularly when starting a new business. People are often sold the idea that they can make six figures fast, live the laptop lifestyle and travel the world without having to do the work. 
By all means, get familiar with the structure of a formula or a function, like sponsored posts. Feel into it. Ask it some questions. Listen into what you can learn from it and what parts of the process feel good and then drop it. Write your sales copy, Instagram post, books, content and everything in between in a way that comes from you, that like Madeline, comes from your heart. This way, you will attract the right people to you, to your work and to your life in a way that will be enjoyable for everyone. The power of a good word. Word of mouth and referrals are still a very powerful, if not the most powerful, part of marketing. And let us not forget, being online is social networking, not just social media. The rise of the freelancer, solopreneur, entrepreneur, laptop lifestyle, work from home era where Wi-Fi and 4G allows us to live, which is a life I love living by making money online, is more popular than ever before. I've seen co-working spaces popping up worldwide with digital nomads roaming the planet running their businesses online. What I witness is a big increase in people setting up a pretty website and Instagram, growing a following or group without having the experience of actually running a business, producing a product or really knowing who they are and what they have to share. And yet they're giving the impression through their well put together social media that their business is very successful when actually they're not. I saw someone from one of the co-working spaces on my travel recently own this reality check. She writes, I was broke. At first I did have clients, but it was unsustainable and I didn't enjoy it. It's a lot of desperation learning on your feet, hard work and a shit ton of luck, I guess. Most people are faking it too, I'm sure. Personally, I'm not reliant on just social media and digital marketing to create leads for my services. In fact, I'm not sure that I even want a business that looks like any of the current business models I see out there. Having an office-based business didn't suit me, but I'm not sure that a slick, fully automated digital product-led business suits me either. My business is about an integration, a juxtaposition between my experience and knowledge with my real world and online connections, community, relationships, and my social media is about sharing about that. This is where the magic really happens for me and for many of my clients. We have lost sight of the need for real world substance behind a pretty social media feed or sales funnel. That stuff is in many ways the easy bit. Years of working, training, learning, developing your skills and your craft. That is the depth. And so are the relationships. And that is the part we can expand from, learn from or buy from. Is it all in the list? Digital marketing people say that it's all in the list, a.k.a. your email list. A lot of importance has been placed on the size of your email list as a marker of success. But in this new age of social media, is it all in the list? Or is your social media platform just as, if not more powerful than an email list for your business? I have been playing, exploring and researching different experiences and people's feelings about their mailing list and about mailing lists in general. And I want to share a couple of different scenarios with you so that you can decide for yourself how important it is for you to spend time and energy building your email list. 
one reason the email list is considered so valuable is that you own the data and the emails yourself, rather than being at the mercy of the social media platforms who own your followers and your contacts. Jenna Kutcher shares, Here's the deal. I'm paying for you to see this. Why? Because you're worth it. And also the truth of the matter is that less than 6% of the audience I've hustled for is actually seeing what I'm putting out into the world. Crazy, right? So if you're just starting to realize that social media is borrowed space and it's time to invest your energy into something you own, listen up. My email list is the number one way I drive profits into my biz and chances are you've thought about starting one but you're not sure how you'd even get people to sign up. I put together eight easy ways for you to grow your list even if you're starting at zero. Grab the free guide here. Jenna is a social media influencer who shared this in a sponsored post for a free guide that takes you into a sales funnel for a course on growing your email list. Just saying. She makes some good points. Organic reach is lower for businesses and publishes on promotional posts. This being at the mercy of the social media platforms, of course, means being at the mercy of the algorithm, which I've tried to demystify for you earlier in this book. And remember how MySpace went from being the biggest thing to being tumbleweed in like no time at all. It can happen. And I, for one, am watching as the Facebook data scandal unfolds to see what this will mean for their platform long term and if people will indeed leave Facebook. The importance of the email list, however, made much more sense to me when emails used to always get into your inbox. In this day and age, a lot of emails from mailing list providers end up in junk or filed away through tools like Microsoft Exchange's Clutter tool, which learns what emails you open and which you don't and file away the ones that you don't. Meaning, much like the algorithm, the content that matters most, based on your actions, ends up in your inbox. It also made more sense when email was the most direct and intimate way to contact someone online. But this has changed so much in the last couple of years. I get messages on WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger that feel much more personal than email does now. This is why marketing through chatbots on Facebook Messenger has been launched recently. But with AI robots doing the talking, I'm not sure if that's going to work for my business anyway. Perhaps for bigger companies using it for customer services, inquiries, but not so much for solopreneurs, individuals or smaller businesses. I've seen a few people using this tech and their inboxes are swamped with the weirdest messages coming in from people that think they're actually speaking to someone real when actually it's a bot. Again, not very authentic unless it comes with a disclaimer. It reminds me of when I was working in the music industry and we were managing social media accounts for pop stars and replying to fans under their name. The fans would get so excited if they got a follow, a reply or a retweet, not knowing that it wasn't actually their idol doing it. It was either someone's team or a follower bot. 
Email and social media platform numbers are considered a true marker of popularity and viability, especially by traditional publishing houses or brands. So if you're looking for a publishing deal or a brand partnership, the number of subscribers on your social media and your mailing list can and will make a big difference to getting a deal. It was the same in the music industry. If you wanted to get played on the radio, YouTube views and Twitter follower metrics really mattered even though they could be manipulated or bought. You need to measure how important the numbers are for you in this context when looking at your business plan and your goals. The value of an email contact used to be placed very highly by marketeers, but I really feel that this has changed in the current landscape. I have five email accounts and one that I use specifically for signing up for free content and mailing lists so that it doesn't impact my day-to-day inbox. The ads we see on social media about building your email list quickly through a lead magnet, a freebie that people will exchange an email for, doesn't always mean results for your business, your products or your launch. I have a client who came to me for support in building connection and community on her social media channels. She had invested in a Facebook ad campaign which would be considered a success. She built her email list into the thousands with targeted ads for a free webinar. However, despite the high sign-up rate, she had very few people show up for the webinar. Consequently, the sales of her product launch were much lower than she had expected or hoped for. It has been seen that simply building an email list is no longer the answer to our digital marketing dreams. The landscape has shifted particularly for a conscious, aware and discerning audience. Whether it's an email list, a Facebook group, a Facebook page, an Instagram account or Twitter feed, it still comes back to the relationship you've built with the person on the other side of the screen as being the most valuable. We want to build trust. We want to build relationships. I understand that the automated email sequences are designed to build that relationship over time, but we've also got very used to and very bored with the same kinds of emails that have been filling our inboxes for years. I would say that we've got email fatigue. I do think it still has its place for certain industries and for certain people, and I am not dismissing the huge successes that many people have had through their email list and through using the varied product launch formulas that are out there. I just know that through my work, they are not for everyone and that there are other avenues. In a recent coaching call, one of my clients told me that it felt like a massive weight on their shoulders, this building of the list, and that it was actually creating tension and blocks in her flow to creating community on her social media platforms. I also feel that the constant requests for us to sign up to my email list creates a disconnect on social media. I've noticed myself sighing loudly when someone's constantly trying to get me onto their list before they've built a relationship with me through their content. Lisa Lister writes, Would you have sex with me without foreplay? No. No, you wouldn't, because I wouldn't let you. Same goes for this. It feels like we've become a world obsessed with getting someone's email address. And it's not sexy. Balance. I'd love to see more balance. 
We absolutely should be making people aware of our offerings, our products, and actively looking to build our platforms, either on social media, on email, or on both. In fact, I had a call today with a client where I was telling her she needed to do this more often, but we don't need to do it in every post or every day. We're often made to feel like having a big email list is the only way to make our business thrive. I read recently on Mashable, no updated email list, no online business. That's just how it works. And we are in interesting times with the European Union's new GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, for data, which means that everyone now has to update their mailing list and or their privacy policies. This is giving a lot of people the opportunity to opt out of and leave mailing lists that no longer serve them. I have a feeling mailing lists will shrink significantly due to GDPR and it's a good thing for us to have an opportunity to clean up databases and to only be in communication with people that want to be there. So is having an updated mailing list the only way online business works? The belief that the email list is the only way to succeed online creates a lot of stress for people. It definitely adds to some people's social media vortex of doom. So remembering that email is just another platform or communication tool helps me with this. Think about how you use your mobile. What apps are you hopping between when you're unconsciously tapping? Usually it's two or three apps. Does it matter if it's email? Instagram, Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp. Yes, you can market and automate things differently through email sequences, but again it comes down to the relationship. And, as discussed, those relationships are in some cases being damaged by email marketing. Times have changed. One way out of this particular vortex of doom is to be more flexible and fluid with the ownership of your contacts. You may have me on an email list, but it doesn't mean that I open your emails, that I like you, that I trust you, or that I'm going to buy something from you. Yet, I may follow you on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, and the moment you offer something, I'm going to snap your hand off for it. Or if I realize I need a product or a service you offer, I will seek you out because you are the person I think of for that thing. Because I have built an authentic relationship with you over time that I didn't need to be funneled into. I think we should give our audiences more credit and respect for knowing what they want, like or need, and that they're more than capable of finding and going to your website if they're really interested in working with you or buying something from you. Sometimes it feels like the only reason someone is doing social media is to try and get you to go somewhere else, to a mailing list or to a YouTube channel or to a website, rather than connecting with you right there where you are, where they have your attention. They forget that the person they want to communicate with is right there in front of them on that channel or platform. If you are doing this, please stop trying to lead us elsewhere to tell us something. Do it right there in that space, in that place. Rant over. Inner unicorn question time. If I'm being authentic or vulnerable as a marketing technique, is it still authentic? 
What do I like or not like about other people's marketing on social media or in my inbox? How am I using my platforms to build or maintain a relationship with my community, my customers or my clients?